When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is. Back and better than ever. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance with a lot to catch up on. Today, we've got QB swag. We've got Flores fallout. We have the biggest problem in all of sports. And who you got is on the menu as well. Jam-packed on a Thursday. Let's go. Here we go. Only one place to start. On the place that we start today is with my man Bartholomew, Bart Scott. Before he does a radio show, meaning his, Barton Hahn, he does a radio show, meaning mine. He's here in studio with the Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. We just had two hours worth of fun on Get Up, and that's really what worked. We were talking in a break. That's what worked today. All the serious stories, it feels like we've had time to digest them, and I think people are ready um, for a laugh, and we had a couple of good laughs today. And my favorite by far was this little passive-aggressive back-and-forth that is going on between Tom yeah. Brady and now Bill Belichick jumping into the fray. I love it. I mean, Atlanta housewives eat your heart out. I mean, you, <laughs> the, the pettiness going back and forth. I mean, the only one who's qualified to referee this is Andy Cohen. I mean, listen, this is like the beginning of like the 30 for 30. Like, and we're getting to get the pieces of saying that we were living it in real time. You know, you talk about the level of passive aggressiveness. You talk about the statements when you dig deeper into it, talking about Tom, you know, I basically, basically Bill, to sum it up, Bill said, I found you and I made you. Right. And Tom is saying, I, who are you? You know, I don't know who you are, man. It, it's, go, it's going back and forth. The fact that, you know, Bill Belichick didn't respond to him for 34 hours because he was traveling. Traveling. Like, like what the hell? Like, he was on a soul plane or he was, or he was star tracking and going where no man has gone before. Because I've never <laughs> known that somebody can be you know, on a flight for 34 hours. I don't know what part of the country that is. Maybe he was on, on one of those Tesla flight, um, flights to Mars or something. But it, this is crazy, man. I love it. I'm here for all of Me them. Me too. So, so, again, I will point out, as I have many times, that I defer to the expertise of people like Bart and Damian Woody this morning on our show and all the other players when it comes to football, when it comes to being there, being in the action. I, I understand. That's not my area. Passive-aggressive behavior? No one knows more about this yeah. than I do, okay? I was born to comment on this story. And I want to give credit to our buddy Ray Necci, Patriot Ray, who, who pointed out to me all of the passive aggressiveness in Belichick's statement. So by now, the setup of this, you know. Brady put out eight pages on Instagram on Tuesday and did not mention the Patriots at all. It was as though his entire career took place in Tampa. He did, 91% of his career was absent from his Instagram retirement. So it then took, as Bart just pointed out, 34 hours for Bill Belichick to say anything about Brady retiring. And I didn't think enough of it. I guess I didn't read it carefully enough because Bill never says anything. So I didn't read it. But then Ray pointed out, read the statement. This is what Belichick said about Brady's retirement. First, first words. I am privileged to have drafted and coached Tom Brady, the ultimate competitor and winner. Tom's humble beginning in professional football ultimately ended with him becoming the best player in NFL history. He points out that he drafted him and how humble his beginning was. That You're right. That is Belichick's way of saying, 
I'm responsible for this. Yeah. Let's make it 100% clear. There is no Brady without me. I mean, I never realized that Michigan was comparable to uh, Weber State. Yeah, I, <laughs> didn't, I, didn't know, I didn't know that was a humble beginning. I mean, the fact that you were on one of the biggest stages, you know, in college football. Mm-hmm. Um, but listen, I know this has been going back and forth. And, you know, I mean, I can see this getting to the level of Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan when it comes to the pettiness because as time continues, more and more is going to leak out. And it's going to be more and more opportunities. I mean, I, we, can we get can we get Brady as a regular like on like one of these ESPN like watching games where he can kind of let his hair down a little bit mm-hmm. and forget that he's you know on the show and everybody's listening because I want I want the truth to come out about all the rumors that we have heard you know from years. Rather, it was like what was it, a couple of years ago when they came out with the with the Jimmy G thing, trade sure. him and all that stuff. I like all that stuff. We're going to be able to get answers to because they're not hiding under the notion that hey, we're still professional. We will see, but I, I I do find this. I mean, our our Bill Belichick calls Tom Brady the best player in NFL history is the headline. I, that's correct. It is an accurate headline. But when you dig a little deeper, mm. you do realize that there is a passive-aggressive nature to all of this. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your car, home, motorcycle, commercial auto, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. There's another thing that I love as we start to sort of swing our attention slowly back to the Super Bowl, which is coming up. And that is Joe Burrow. So Joe Burrow's brashness. I was here with you one day when it rubbed you the wrong way. He said yeah. something about the Ravens, and yeah, you yeah. got all mad. Now, mm-hmm. remind everyone what that was about. Well, he was basically saying, um, you know, how they beat the Ravens. And, you know, um, it, was, it was something to do, like, well, we put up 41 points. And it was kind of kind of rubbing in his face. Right. And, and trying to say, listen, this isn't about the fact that Lamar Jackson wasn't there because when Lamar Jackson was there, we put up 41 again and, you know, get used to it. So it took me the wrong way because, like, you know, those are things you think you rarely see quarterbacks say, right? Because you're like, quarterbacks say, we can hit you. And I'm like, all right, well, the Ravens are going to get back. And, you know, he doubled down. He doubled down again. And, you know, with the statement that, that, that I'm sure you have the words to. That, so that's the one I'm going to do to you now. So the thing is, this is who Joe Burrow is. Nuno, is, is the Kimberly question on here? We, 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 he's with Kimberly Martin. I didn't hear about this until this morning. Is, it on, is Kimberly's question on the soundbite? Yeah, so you'll hear Kimberly. So Kimberly is interviewing um, Burrow after they win the game in Kansas City. Yeah. After he engineers what can only be described – as the greatest turnaround in NFL history, this is a team that was 4-11-1 a year ago and has been awful, has been basically the bottom feeders of the NFL for since a long time. Since 1988, haven't won a playoff game. Hadn't won a playoff game, had never won a road playoff game before this run. And and we will point out that that this was a team, it's a miraculous turnaround. When, when the Bengals got the first pick, the open speculation was, should Burrow pull an Eli and force his way out of there? Yeah. Now he's standing on the field in Kansas City, and listen to what he says to Kimberly Martin. You said, we belong here, we're not the underdog, right? Today proved it? I think that proved it. We beat, in my opinion, the second best team in the AFC. We beat them twice in January. I, I don't think if, if I don't... I think if we didn't prove it today, I don't know how, how else you prove it. The second best team, Bart, in the Twi- AFC. Twice in January. Twice in January. That's a Kansas City team that was hosting its fourth consecutive AFC championship game, had been in the last two Super Bowls, won one yeah. of them, and has a Hall of Fame coach and a Hall of Fame quarterback. 
this kid's got some onions, right? Yeah, and he, he, has, he has to finish the deal or his team is going to be the one that start crying because now he's going to be a marked man and a target, right? So when you, when you have all this provado and swag, you got to cash in when you can because the rest of the league is going to study him and they're going to be the hunted, not the hunters. But here's what you pointed out a little bit on Get Up today. And look, I, I don't want to turn this into a Baker Mayfield conversation, but like Baker Mayfield had a little bit of this, yep. but hasn't ever really backed it up. Right. Like Burrow's got it, and he's 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 walking the walk. Yeah. Let's even say he loses a tough game in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And this is a guy who went into Tennessee, the number one seed, beat them on the road, went into Kansas City, this dynasty, and beat them on the road. Without, without, a, without an offensive line, I mean, right. we, 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 we he's failed. backed it up is what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, we failed to realize that, you know, this guy – this might be the worst team that he's ever going to be on because they're going to go out and get reinforcements. And not only that, he's made Cincinnati an attractive destination because of him. People will come and take less because they know with him they're going to have opportunities to play in meaningful football games. So, you know, this is the worst team, and if they lose, they're going to be back better than ever next year. All right, and one more thing I want from you here, Barton. I'll let you go get ready for Barton Hahn, which comes your way and coast-to-coast here, noon Eastern on, on ESPN Radio. I'll make this straight talk brought to you by – Straight Talk Wireless. Um, we have the back and forth now between Brian Flores, who was sitting right where I'm sitting right now right. yesterday, and 100% um, stood by his allegation yeah. that the owner of the Dolphins, Stephen Ross, offered him $100,000 per loss back in 2019. Stephen Ross released a, a strongly worded statement denying that yesterday. So I, I'm just curious from a player's perspective mm-hmm. – what you think of that whole thing and, and if anything, where you would expect it to go from here? I mean, I expect it to, to be a long battle, right? When you have the resources that Ross has that he can, you know, that was a carefully worded statement to me, right? And it, it becomes hearsay. It's not what you know, it's what you can prove. But from an athlete standpoint, players will never buy into this, right? Because they understand that my film is my resume. Now, understanding that, you know, from Flores' perspective, he only gets a certain amount of opportunities to become a head coach. One, maybe two chances is all you get in his league. You know, and if you know, he loses games, those are going to be the same things, resume, that you used to fire me. Nobody knows about what we said and what we talked about. So the notion that a, a coach would you know, knowingly or willingly lose games is absurd. And to offer somebody money that's making $5 million a year is offensive as well thinking that he can be bought. And, you know, so that's where the disconnect comes. But it made sense. But I think the damage that was done to Flores and his reputation was that he was hard to work with. Right. Because then that enables him, that inhibits him from being able to get jobs going forward. Because now that becomes like the narrative. And it's a scarlet letter that he has to continue to fight. So I think that was the biggest thing coming out because it was, you know, we, when we looked at the fact that it's eight openings out there and he hasn't gotten an opportunity to get one of those openings or it hasn't even been a real candidate was, you know, surprising to all of us. We thought that he would be one of the first people to get jobs. Anybody that's four and two against Bill Belichick and took a team that had only had two wins and had two winning seasons in Miami is a bit of a miracle as well. I, I, that's right. When, when Shefty came on, get up and, and broke the story or first reported, whatever it was, told us that Flores yeah. was fired. The reaction around the desk on get up was shock. We were all taken aback, and Shefty immediately said he will become a prime candidate during this cycle for these other jobs. Yeah. And one by one, the ones that we thought, the ones he was connected to, at least to our knowledge, yep. keep close, kept closing up to the point that he does this. Do you, uh, Houston and New Orleans, apparently, still yeah. have him as a finalist. He has sued the league. Yeah. 
Do you expect him to get one of those jobs? I mean, he's put himself out there to become the Colin Kaepernick of coaches, right? He's putting his career on the line. He right. understood what it was about, and he had a bigger um, you know, goal in mind to have this conversation. But you know, even if he is selected for the Saints or selected for um, the Texans, those are very hard jobs and places to win in. You think about you know, Sean Payton you know, set the building on fire. Like it's, they're, they're $71 million in the hole. So, like, his second job will probably be his last opportunity, and it could be a short opportunity if he can't get the success, but then he didn't get a prime job. He didn't get the Minnesota job. He didn't get a job where they had a a young, good quarterback. So, I mean, even if he does get one of those jobs, to me it's a bit of of the beginning of the end because once you you fail twice as a head coach in this league, you're bound to be a a coordinator or ESPN Allen's for the rest of your life. Straight talk, wireless, no contract. No compromise. Bart, I always appreciate it, my friend. Thank you. Great to see you. Bart and Han coming up again coast to coast in a couple hours here on ESPN. In the meantime, now that I have slept on everything that happened yesterday, I have some thoughts, including one of which I think is really important. We'll do that next. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. A bunch of stuff that we need to get into here Um, in the wake of yesterday, because as I think I told you, when we came on the air, the the, the blessing of my job is that I get to roll directly from one show into the next. We finish Get Up every single morning, and then I roll six feet to the right in this chair that has wheels on it. 60 seconds later, I say back and better than ever, and we just keep going. And so in many ways, it's all kind of one show for me, and we prepare for it in that way every now and again we have something that happens like yesterday where the last 20 minutes of get up are me interviewing brian flores and then i got to roll six feet to my right and just start talking when i haven't even had time to digest for myself what he just said because when you're doing an interview you are very focused on listening and trying to ask the appropriate next question and making sure that you're getting all the things in that you want to get in when your interview is live in the confines of the space that you have And so what you don't have any time for is really the bigger picture. So I will confess it was not until as the day went on yesterday 
that I really sat back and thought about the bigger picture of all of this. So let's go through those if we can. Let's start with this. The NFL is going to investigate Stephen Ross. Stephen Ross released a strongly worded statement, no ifs, ands, or buts about it, in which he vehemently denies ever offering Brian Flores $100,000 per loss in 2019. This is going to become a classic, he said, he said, unless the lawyers are right. The two lawyers who were here with us yesterday for Brian Flores told us they have corroborating evidence to prove this. Now, they did not say what it was. I don't know what it is. And corroborate, look, they can say anything they want. Is corroborating evidence an email? Is it a text? Is it someone else coming forward and saying, yes, I was part of that conversation? Uh, there are a lot of corroborating evidence comes in a lot of different right sizes, shapes and forms. So unless the there is just some sort of incontrovertible proof, like just pure evidence that that did not happen, then I don't think there's any way in the world the NFL or anyone else is going to side with Flores on this. That's just not the history of the world that we live in. Did you, Hembo, take anything away from Flores, excuse me, from Ross's statement yesterday? Do you think he makes a statement that strong if he knows there's proof? He knows whether he sent emails. He knows whether there are texts. Because we know Flores is willing to show you his texts. Mm -hmm. He's got the ones from Belichick. (laughs) Yeah, he sure is. He knows if there's, he knows if, if there are at least certain kinds of evidence of this, I would think. So did that make you wonder about this at all a little bit because the statement leaves no room for interpretation it is i did not do this and brian flores is saying he did do this i i would assume that stephen ross is a smart enough man to where if there was even a one percent chance that anything like this might be out there he would have probably couched his statement a little bit differently right because what he can't have now is um the NFL come and take his team away. Oh. Like, he can't have that. And 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 I, we had a lawyer, Michael McCann, on late in the show yesterday who suggested the chances of there being criminal action brought against Ross, almost no matter what they find out, are very slim. Any number of um, lawsuits could come his way if this is proven. But even those, he's got billions and billions of dollars. Those guys deal with lawsuits, I have to believe, all the time in varying ways. He's a real estate guy, for crying out loud. I can't fathom how many lawsuits he has seen come and go in his life. But if, they, if it really is proven, especially now with this denial, I welcome the NFL investigation, I think there's a real chance they take his team away. So that, that's that piece of it. But here's the most important thing I want to say about this today, and then we'll get McShay in here. And that is that my concern with this, I don't know Brian Flores. I never met him in person before yesterday. I think he's a good coach. And the impression I got from the little interaction I had with him yesterday was that he seems like a very genuine, earnest, sincere person. I'm basing that on one interaction. So you take that for what it's worth. I also can tell you that I know a lot of people who played for him, most notably, but not limited to Rob Ninkovich, and they love him. They unilaterally love him. Now, I don't think Tua Tungavailoa loves him, so all of his players don't love him. But generally speaking, all the players don't love a coach. So here's what I'm a little concerned is going to happen. In life, what we have a tendency to do is when there is a message that is being delivered and we don't like the message, we tend to pick apart the messenger 
as though the messenger is more important than the message. And it is going to be possible to pick about Brian Flores because I promise you, somewhere in his life, he said something or didn't say something, did something or didn't do something that someone will find easy to pick apart and quarrel with. And there is one simple reason he will have done that, because he is a human being. So I've done that, you've done that, and anyone listening to us has done that, and everyone has done that. And when we expect nothing but perfection from people in order to pay attention to what they say, then we wind up where we are today, which is a society in which we willfully disregard and ignore messages we don't like because we figured out a good way to do it. It's really easy to do. Wait a minute. That guy did that? (laughs) I'm paying no attention now to anything he ever says for the rest of his life. And that could be something comparatively very minimal. So Brian Flores has an important message here. Now, if it can somehow be demonstrated that he is lying about the $100,000 thing, I understand where that would completely destroy his credibility. But absent that, I'm sure he has some fact wrong somewhere, because when you start doing things over 18 years in your life that you remember, you're going to find something that went wrong somewhere. I'm sure he has some conversation he had with someone that turned them off, that that rubbed them the wrong way, that that someone will come forward and tell you, oh, he did this or he said that or whatever it is, because that always happens. Because no one has led a perfect and pristine existence. But it doesn't mean you ignore what he says. So what is evident, evident, to anyone paying attention, is that the message he's trying to deliver is one that should be listened to. It doesn't mean that there are evil intentions on the part of all of the owners. It doesn't mean they're terrible people. But it is a problem. There's a problem. Jerry Jones himself acknowledged that yesterday. Jerry Jones, of all people, said we could do better in this area. By his standards, that's quite an acknowledgement of, of blame. So all I want to leave you with on this is Brian Flores' message is worth listening to. It doesn't mean you have to agree with it necessarily. I'm not here to tell you what you should think. But listen to the man and pay attention to what it is he's saying and why he's saying it. And consider the price he is almost certainly going to pay for it. Because... The fact that I did this interview yesterday made me look at some of the response that I might not otherwise do. And I was somewhat disheartened but not surprised to see a reasonable amount, a very predictable response that read something like, he's obviously lying, he's obviously a bad guy, this is ridiculous, this isn't a problem, he shouldn't be paying, no one should pay any attention to this, none of that. He's doing this because he knows he's not going to get a job. And what, I mean, all of the stuff that, beyond just taking a person at face value, just take what he's saying at face value. He has so much more to lose by doing what he's doing than he does to gain. So much more to lose. So that would be my only hope in this is that whatever it is that we find that is imperfect about the messenger, and I promise you he's imperfect because he is a human being and we all are, that it doesn't make you just fully disregard and ignore the things he says just because you don't feel like hearing them. Because that 
in my opinion, is a big part of the reason how we got where we are today. And where we are today is not a good place to be, in the opinion of this 54-year-old person who has been around the United States a long time and wants to see, I want, I want to see it be a better place than it feels like it is at this moment. And this is a pretty good little microcosm of problems far more important than football coaches. So that's the most important thing I wanted to say about that today. All right, Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average. With that thought in mind, the Senior Bowl is going on right now, so we're going to go down to Mobile, and we're going to bring in my buddy McShay, who joins us here. He has a terrific podcast. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. If you're interested in the draft, and I am extremely interested because I get the privilege of hosting it again this year on ESPN, the first draft podcast with Yates and Mel and McShay is a must they do it every single week. They go through stuff. It is an absolute must listen if you're interested in the draft. And McShay is anytime he's on. Good morning, McShay. How you doing, bud? I- I'm doing great. So I want to talk to you today about Malik Willis because he, as I'm starting to do the players in this draft and go through all the rest of it, it feels to me like he is the quarterback if one of them is going to, that is going to emerge that teams are going to talk themselves into falling in love with. And if any of them is going to break into that top 10 in the draft, I feel like it's going to be him. So I know he's there. Give me the rundown on, 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 on what I just said. Do you think he is the guy that you think teams will fall in love with? And what is it that this week could do relative to that? Yeah, I, I personally haven't watched all the tape. Listen, Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh is probably the – I don't know, the odds-on favorite to be the first quarterback off the board, and I get it. His season that he had, kind of, you know, you go back to Mac Jones a year ago, you know, his final year, all the game reps that he he had, the the pocket presence and the accuracy, there's a lot to love there. But Pickett has come out this week, and we've had a lot, we had a lot of rain yesterday in practice, and he's got the small hands. He actually didn't even... He didn't even uh, do his hand span. He didn't get his hand span measured because, first of all, he's got smaller hands, and that's a concern. And secondly, he has a double-jointed thumb in his throwing hand, Mm. and so he's working on trying to stretch that out. I know it's ridiculous that we're sitting here talking about a hand span and double-jointed thumbs, but there's concern there. And you watch him throw in the rain, and he struggled. And I know he played at Pitt, and the weather's not great there, but he he did not control the ball the way you'd like to see from a first-round quarterback. So there's that to kind of unravel. With Malik Willis, he's, he's just over six feet tall. He's coming from Liberty. It's not the level of competition that you would ideally like, but he did start out at Auburn and wound up transferring there. And I think he's the most dynamic quarterback in terms of athleticism and ability to extend plays and make plays with his feet in this entire class. He also, without question, has the, the, the strongest arm of the quarterbacks. The ball just explodes off his hands. It's fun to watch up in person. This is the first time I've seen him live. It's just like a flick of the wrist, and it's 40 yards down the field on a a frozen rope. So with Willis, there's developing to do, and I spent 30 minutes talking to Hugh Freeze, his head coach at Liberty, on the sideline uh, yesterday during practice, and he was talking about, you know, I I love his energy. He's just kind of a young, energetic young man. I've never been around an athlete, and he said, I I don't take this lightly. I've never been around an athlete who's more confident yet humble and and wants to work and earn for everything, everything that he gets. But he also said, you know, he's still maturing. He's only a two-year starter, and he doesn't quite, you know, he doesn't know what he doesn't know at, at this point, which can be good, but there's, he's got some developing to do in the league, and I think as a pocket pass, passer, there's some developing to do. But I think clearly on tape, 
and down here in the Senior Bowl that Malik Willis is, is the best quarterback in this class. Now, not everyone agrees with me. It's going to be interesting. We've got Atlanta picking at 8, Denver at 9, Washington at 11, the Vikings at 12, New Orleans at 18, Pittsburgh at 20, and Detroit at 28. Those are the teams that you're kind of looking for in terms of the first-round quarterbacks, where they're going to come off the board. But I think Malik Willis has, has done everything in his power so far to try to help solidify that number one quarterback spot. Greeny and McShay, yeah, I, I, I was texting with you uh, about a week or so ago when I did his breakdown, and I was looking at the same tape you were, and I felt—I have to admit, I fell in love with him. Now I'm easy. I fall in love, I fall in love with players a lot more easily than most people do, and my entire life isn't at stake based on who I draft, but I fell in love with him. Uh, we're going to do this regularly with McShay here as we work our way towards the draft, but quickly, Todd, just tell everybody what they need to know. As we head into the Senior Bowl, for people who are highly concerned about this, their team, the draft, all the rest of that, what's the stuff they should be paying attention to this week? Well, I, I, listen, it's not a great quarterback class like we've had in years past. There's not going to be the first three guys off the board at the quarterback position. But there is depth there. I mentioned Willis and Pickett. Matt Corral from Ole Miss is, is a very intriguing prospect in that middle, late first round range. Sam Howell from North Carolina has a big arm. He's mobile, tough, great leader. Uh, Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati. He's just a natural-born winner, and incredible intangibles. He's tall, he's mobile, big hands, uh, very good arm, inconsistent with his accuracy, though. But those, are the, those really are the five guys that we're going to be talking about in that first round and maybe early second-round range. Beyond that, this class is absolutely loaded at cornerback and defensive line. Mm. And I, you know, teams love like, – we talk in the media so much about the, the quarterbacks and the running backs and the wide receivers, but outside of quarterback, if you're a GM, you want corners that can cover these guys in space in today's NFL and pass rushers that can get after these quarterbacks. And, and even just here, you know, uh, Devontae Wyatt, defensive tackle from Georgia, has, has had a great week so far. He's going to be a first-round pick. Um, J Sanders, the edge rusher from Cincinnati, has had a great week. He's, he's one of about 12 edge rushers that I think go in the first two rounds. Mm. So th- there's so much depth at defensive tackle, especially defensive end. And I mentioned at the cornerback position, starting with most guys aren't here because they're underclassmen, but Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati had mm. one of the best seasons in the history of college football as a press man, isolated cornerback. He never in 14 games – you ready for the screening? Never gave up more than 13 receiving yards in a single game. I mean, he's absolutely phenomenal. I think he's the first corner off the board ahead of Derek Stingley Jr., who had that phenomenal 2019 season with six interceptions as a true freshman, but the last two years has battled, battled some injuries and wasn't quite the same player. I, I love Sauce Gardner. I've actually done his write-up already. Uh, in more than a 1,000 career snaps in coverage, he never allowed a touchdown. So that's a kid to keep an it's eye on. It's ridiculous, He's right? great. Yeah, I, I love him. All right, McShay, i got to run here, but we will do this again soon, and we'll do it regularly. Thank you. All right, thanks, bud. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space 
to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Okay, um, thanks to McShay, as always. But what happened there, I forgot we were doing that, and I wound up not getting as much of the reaction to yesterday as I wanted to, because I want to hear from the crew. If you listen to the show, you know it's not just hashtag Greeny, but it is the entire hashtag crew, hashtag Hembo, hashtag Nuno, and uh, the extremely accomplished hashtag Bubba. So let me get the guys in here. As we've all had sort of a day now, Bubba, I'll start with you, to digest the Brian Flores lawsuit and the lengthy interview that we did with him yesterday on GetUp. What's your number one thought as, as, as the NFL now is going to investigate Stephen Ross, see what winds up happening with the rest of this hiring cycle. Just giving you the free reign. What's your number one thought from all this? Uh, I mean, to me, I'm just thinking about all the other teams right now who are just thinking, uh-oh, what what did we do? Because already, you know, it took whatever it was, 12 hours, and Hugh Jackson came out and was like, yep, that happened to me too. I got proof. And so just how many other teams did whatever it was – maybe questionable things and what proof is out there and how many teams are thinking back and like, did we do this? Should, is there proof of that? Did we, you know, cause you're assuming sketchy stuff is going on all the time, whether it's illegal stuff or not, you know, and how, how many teams are right now just backtracking and thinking, all right, is there proof of that? Is there video of that? What do we do here? What do we do? And try cause it, I'm assuming this is just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger and blowing up. I, I like that take. I think it is a good, well, uh, well worth the making of the point kind of take. And I will tell you that off the top of the next hour, so in like 11 minutes, I'm going to solve that problem. I'm going to tell you what the biggest problem in all of sports is. And if we can figure out, and I can offer a solution that will actually address your problem exactly. Hashtag Hembo, you're next. What is your number one takeaway from all this? My, my number one takeaway is, am I ever going to see Brian Flores coach again in the NFL? Not like next year. I mean like, Ever, because Brian Flores is a really young man. Brian Flores is 40 years old. By NFL coaching standards, he's a baby. He's just getting started. I think anyone would agree that by doing this, he is at least in some sense jeopardizing his chance of ever doing that again. So I'm obviously very curious to see how that plays out. And I'll just say, based upon the answers that he provided you yesterday on the show, when he said, like, I just love molding young men. I just love coaching. If the NFL shuts him out, and our an athletic director at a huge university that loves football, and that guy would be really high on my list because if he really wants to coach and the NFL says no, I'd give him a phone call. That's a very interesting take that I hadn't thought of. And it does make some sense to me. I can give a counter argument to that, but I, I do generally I want to let it lay because I like it and I think it's a better point than the one I would make in rebuttal. Let me then go to hashtag Nuno. Nuno, you always have a negative spin on anything. <laughs> what is your number one takeaway from all this? Uh, will we ever get any transparency from the NFL? Because at the end of the day, and it does sound like the 
the sham allegations of, of the Rooney Rule violations that the NF, these teams can say, no, we we truly believed, like we gave them an opportunity and so forth. Um, but this, the Stephen Ross, like I don't, th- I, he has to come out with that statement. There was no way, like you could couch a those allegations. He, uh, you know, and you would think he would be smart enough not to have it in an email. Bec- uh, you know, if he's offering someone, you know, a bribe, pretty much to throw games. Uh, it's transparency. Will the they gave us quote unquote transparency in the flake gate, right? Um, will they give us any transparency? And I just don't believe the NFL will do that. I think once again they will hide behind uh, we did a thorough investigation and keep going. That's an interesting one. The lawyer, one of the two lawyers who was sitting here with me yesterday with Flores, made that point that they spent months investigating the deflation of the footballs in an AFC Championship game. And yet it took them less than a day, just a few hours, to determine that this lawsuit, this 60-page lawsuit, is, quote, without merit, which is how they did dismiss it. But as the lawyer we had on yesterday, Michael McCann, pointed out, those statements, they're not under oath. They're public relations statements. That's what they're for. They're, they're not proof of anything. They're not, they're not admissible in a court of law. They're, they're none of those things. So will we ever know exactly what did and didn't happen? It's a good question. The answer is we probably won't. One way or another, here's what I will tell you. That most of this, no, not most of it, one big piece of this stems from something that I have long felt is the biggest problem in sports today. And as we continue off the top of the hour, I'm going to tell you exactly what it is, and we're going to figure out how to solve it. We're going to do that next here on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.